everyone, this is 30 Day Trek. I'm your host, Lucanand, and in this episode, we are covering the 11th episode of the third season of Discovery, Sukal. This is the one where, after the Terra Firmer two-parter that sent Mira Giorgio off to the Section 31 TV movie, which, personally, I prefer over a series in order to get an idea that I'm not a fan of over and done with, the crew of the Discovery find out that there is a life sign on the Kelpian vessel that has crashed within the Verubin Nebula. Realizing that the red marks on the forehead of the distress call hologram of the Kelpian scientist weren't radiation burns but a symptom of her pregnancy, Saru orders the Discovery to jump to the nebula, and after making their way through the nebula, they discover a planet made out of dilithium and that this was where the burn originated. Saru, Michael, and Hugh beam down to the planet in order to find the life form, but when they arrive in the ship, they find themselves in a forest, Michael has been turned into a trill, Hugh is a Bajoran, and Saru is a human! This is part of an advanced holodeck program that has been running for 125 years for the life form, a Kelpian named Sukal. As Michael, Saru, and Hugh try to figure out how Sukal has survived for so long and try to get through to him within the malfunctioning program, Tilly and the Discovery try to boost the shields before being confronted by Osira and the Emerald Chain. For this season of 30 Day Trek, I had to talk about at least one episode of Discovery as part of my goal with this podcast to cover the entire franchise. And while I'm not a hater of Discovery, as a lot of so-called fans are of the series, Discovery is a hard series to talk about due to its shifting tone, serialized structure, and the long gaps between seasons. With the fifth and final season coming up in 2024, it's hard for me to give a perspective on the series as a whole, and the three episodes that I covered in the previous season of 30 Day Trek, Managed to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad, Will You Take My Hand, and Unification 3, are my three favorite episodes of the series so far. So for this season, I've decided to talk about Sukal since it's my other favorite episode of season 3. For starters, this is one of my favorite Saru episodes. Say what you will about the series, but Saru, as played by Doug Jones, is arguably the best character in the show. As a fan of Doug Jones, who I met once at a convention in Toronto and is the sweetest man you could imagine, I love this episode for the sole fact that this is one of the few times in Doug Jones' career that he doesn't have any prosthetic makeup on. There are few actors who can make a career out of being buried under tons of constrictive, prosthetic makeup and still be able to emote and inhabit their roles. Wallace Shawn said that he could only play Grand Naked Zek on Deep Space Nine once a season so that he could forget how painful a process it was to get in and out of the makeup. And Andrea Martin, who was originally cast as Ishka, Work and Rom's mother, only played the role once because she couldn't do the full body makeup of her episode again. Which is why when Star Trek finds an actor who can, such as Armin Shimerman, Max Odenchik, Jeffrey Combs, Marco Limo, and Ethan Phillips, just to name a few, they use them over and over again since they can handle the 4am call times and long hours in the makeup chair and even longer hours on set. And given the intense work that Doug Jones puts into his roles, it's so wonderful to see his strange, beautiful face and know that for this episode and the That Hope Is You Part 2 season finale, that he didn't have to spend hours in the makeup chair like he normally does, and that he could focus on Saru and his season 3 character journey of finally becoming Captain of Discovery, and in this episode, as he's torn between his duties on the ship and finding out more about his people and of Sukal. 
He is played by Bill Irwin, who is equal to Doug Jones in the clowning physical acting department. Most famous as Mr. Noodle on Sesame Street, he's another veteran character actor who got his big break in the infamous Robert Altman Popeye film. He'd later become a fixture of Jonathan Demme's later career with The Manchurian Candidate, Rachel Getting Married, and Ricky and the Flash. Most recently, he was Carrie Loudermilk on the FX series Legion, and his scenes opposite Amber Midthunder, as well as a Marx Brothers-esque sequence as he tries to escape out of a room undetected, were some of the best parts of that series. Here, he plays the childlike Sukal, who has been alone for over a hundred years, interacting with only the various holograms, and whom Michael must impersonate in order to get through to him. You are a program, are you not? Yes, I am a program. I knew it. Which one? Let me guess. Combat? Um, survival skills? I've done the other so many times. I did not think I would find something new. I am teaching the dynamics of social interaction. Why? For sentient beings. Connection to others is incredibly important. It helps sustain them. Like my connection to the hollows. Exactly. And this can prepare you for when you talk to someone else one of these days. Someone unexpected. The other hollow. The human. Is he also part of your program? Why do you ask? He was unexpected. He said he was from outside. I have not heard that teaching in a long time. How long has it been? Uh, there used to be lots of hollows that talked about outside. But the outside never came inside. Probably the outside is dead by now. Well, I was also programmed to help you understand what is outside. I'm sorry to have to tell you, you are obsolete. Then I suppose I should deactivate if you don't want a new connection. No, no, wait. We can still run the program. It's been a long time since I encountered a new program. All right. Let's talk about social units. As for the reveal at the end of the episode that, due to his physiology being changed in utero due to dilithium and subspace radiation, he was able to survive for over a hundred years and that he was the cause of the burn, I'm fine with this explanation. Like I said before, Star Trek has always had the pretense of scientific accuracy, so this being the cause of the burn works enough for me personally. They're obviously going more for emotional resonance, as well as paying homage to Ursula K. Le Guin's The Ones Who Walk Away From Omelas, which we'll see later on, is a cornerstone text for modern Trek. As for the B-plot of Tilly taking the comm as acting first officer, it was great to see her deal with the responsibility of captaining the ship and going one-on-one against Asira in her own way before Sukal's outburst fries the cloaking device and shields on Discovery and the Emerald Chain boards the ship, takes it over, and jumps to Federation headquarters, leaving Michael, Saru, Hugh, Book, and Adira stranded. And the only bits of trivia I could find about the episode is that the episode was originally titled The Citadel and that parts of it, most notably the staircase within it, was filmed at the Kingston Penitentiary in Kingston, Ontario. 
While the episode might not work as a standalone, and your mileage may vary on whether or not the big reveal of what the cause of the burn was, Sakal is, I feel, a solid episode for focusing on Saru, giving Doug Jones and Bill Irwin some character meat to sink their teeth into, and for putting Tilly in the captain's chair. Join me tomorrow for when we move over to Star Trek Picard and look at what I feel is the best episode of its messy second season. Live long and prosper, and also live well.